Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Let's do it. Welcome, Chiefs Kingdom, to another edition of the Out of Structure Podcast. I'm Matt Stagner here with Ron Cobb Jr. This is a Chiefs Victory Monday, although it may not feel like it. It's a, a with a Saturday victory over the Denver Broncos. It feels like it's been a little bit, Ron. Yeah, right. It felt like the game happened a week ago, the Saturday 3:30 game. Um, that was so weird. It felt like Sunday all day on Saturday to me. I kept thinking, like, oh shoot, I have to go to work the next day. Um, that was weird, but, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like a victory Monday, except, you know, it, it, Sunday was a pretty good day for the chiefs outside of the, the Titans, you know, being able to pull off the, the win against the Texans. Texans gave us all they could stags. They, they really gave us their full effort, but, uh, other stuff happened, right? You know, the chiefs, the chiefs got, you know, I, I think the, the other teams that got knocked out of the AFC playoffs with how uh, crazy Sunday was. That was a big win for the Chiefs, I would say. Yeah, it played out in a, a pretty pretty reasonably uh, good scenario for the Chiefs. You couldn't really expect the Titans to lose uh, to the Houston Texans. We would have taken it, and we would have been perfectly happy with that scenario, but I had no hope that that was actually going to happen until late in that game when when it looked like they, the, the Texans had a shot. But, uh, you know, the, the really the way it all played out uh, – other than the Raiders Chargers tie, which very nearly happened, uh, this was probably the most likely scenario and probably a, a good scenario uh, for the Chiefs. And we'll get into all the playoff scenarios, all the potential paths to the Super Bowl that this team might have. Uh, let's talk a, first quickly just about this game against the Denver Broncos. It was maybe not the most uh, uh, thrilling Chiefs game that you've ever seen. Maybe it was one of those games that we'll forget pretty quickly after it happened, but the Chiefs were the first team ever in NFL history to win a Week 18 game. Uh, <laughs> it was it was notable for that reason, I guess. Um, there was a lot of things to like about what the offense did at times. Uh, there were some things about the defense maybe that were that were frustrating to watch, but what are some of your big takes, Ron? Yeah, let's start on defense. And by the way, that's like a that's like a you know a trivia question down the line. You know, store that away. You know, sometime you'll be asked who who won that first ever Week 18 game. But uh, yeah, I, on defense, I think the highlight right was just a lot of and and it was the second week in a row. I think there was a lot of just poor tackling. Um, you you could it looked like bad effort. It looked like guys maybe making business decisions. And and one thing. I kind of and, and first of all, I guess some stats to, to kind of prove that is, is PFF had the Chiefs at 12 missed tackles. Um, Tyron Matthew had three. Legereus Need had two. And then uh, let's see. So that'd be seven other guys had a missed tackle, apparently. So, um, yeah, I think one thing that I was I noticed the most and I think a lot of people noticed, right, was the turf. And I think the turf was impacting the defensive players. I was kind of giving them an excuse to be honest with you, um, I still don't like some of some of those plays where it did look like maybe it was an effort thing. But at the same time, guys, when you're a defender, especially in the back end, right, as a, as a, sec, a, a member of the secondary, 
you know, moving around when you don't have a stable footing, man, change of direction, you're just slipping all over the place. I mean, it's really hard to make a form tackle, um, especially when the guy you're trying to tackle has a head of steam, does have his footing because he's more running just forward, not side to side. And you kind of have to, you know, uh, you know, get to him and, and make that tackle. And I don't know, the tur- that was the worst I've seen a, a turf. Uh, you know, the Washington turf this earlier this year was was bad, but man, I don't know. That was really ugly, uh, really ugly field. Um, was not cool with that. Uh, but I think I think the main thing is that the Chiefs defenders were were just trying to we're more just like, hey, we're in the playoffs like, you know, we're, we want to win this game. But, you know, we, we don't have our footing right now. We're trying our best and, and we, no one wants to get hurt. So I, I think it was a little combination of maybe the Chiefs defenders playing more cautious than kind of on the attack. Um, but at the same time, it was the second week in a row stack. So that's why maybe there is reason for concern, because the Bengals game, you can't make that same excuse. Right. Right. I mean, tackling is one of those you know fundamentals that that can make all the difference between a good defense and a bad defense. You know, if you've got a play wrapped up, you've got um, the right defense called, you got guys in position to make the stop and then they don't make a stop. Then, you know, it's demoralizing for the defense. It is, uh, you know, one of those things that's going to make uh, the it's going to make the opposing offense look so much better than they actually are. And so that's one of the things you hope that they clean up. Uh, there was a couple of guys who stayed aggressive and and uh, made some big plays. I thought Melvin Ingram was a, a force once Ooh. again, almost all day long. And then he had the the Jadavian Clowney South Carolina uh, esque play where he met the quarterback and running back in the backfield. I could have taken the handoff. I think uh, lit, lit up Melvin Gordon, forced the fumble, uh, and then our guy Nick Bolden picks it up and runs it 86 yards for the touchdown. That was a uh, really one of the defensive highlights of the entire season and, and a, just a tremendous individual effort uh, by both of those guys. Yeah, I like the Jadavion Clowney comp, Stags, because it really was one of those where, yeah, the running back had no opportunity to even make a play or make a you know make him miss. He was just there so quick. And, yeah, pops the ball. Former teammate, by the way, Melvin Ingram, you know, uh, Melvin Gordon, former Chargers teammates for, for a long time. So, you know, I, I'm sure there was a little uh, – you know, I'm sure there's a little ribbon after the game about that play, but yeah, shout out Nick Bolton finishing the play. You love Andy Reid after the game, uh, kind of saying, you know, he was just glad to see him make it all the way there, not stumble or anything. Uh, yeah, he's given, you know, it's a linebacker, Reed, Andy. It's not, you know, it's not a defensive lineman. So I, I would hope he could make it all 100 yards without stumbling. But uh, well, he's, he's not known for his long speed, but uh, <laughs> no, that's true. At least, uh, at least he outran Drew Locke, right? So that, that's that's all that matters. Another former teammate kind of thing, right? Out of Missouri, uh, they 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 crossed paths at least a year, right? I would I would they did, so. yeah, yeah. Well, then you've got um, uh, other takeaways from the game. You know, Chris Jones had 1.25 million reasons to have a good game this week, uh, with the incentive for to, for one additional sack. He ended up having one hurry and and nothing else really in the box score of this week. Um, I know there's more to it than the box score. He he certainly is still a guy that's tough to block in the middle there, but but kind of a quiet day for Chris Jones, uncharacteristically so. Yeah, that's disappointing. And and I could see the team maybe still getting him that 1.25 million. Maybe he did miss some games this year. And, you know, they did play him out of position uh, for a few games as well. Although, you know, it, it, I think it's become obvious that Chris Jones was kind of the one that really wanted that to happen. So, you know, anyway, yeah, it, it, the pass rush in general just wasn't very impressive. You know, uh, I can't keep making the field excuse, but I, you know, I'm sure that has something to do with it a little bit. And 
And actually, Mitchell Schwartz on on Twitter actually made a comment that he he well, in those situations it's it's the defensive or it's the offensive line that gets an advantage. He said. Um, which I actually would think the opposite, right? I actually thought it'd be the O line that'd be disadvantaged with with kind of bad turf. But uh, I guess mid- it, maybe it depends on if you're talking about run bo- run blocking or pass blocking, right? In some, in some instances, right? But I, yeah, I mean, I guess whoever's having to read and react. I know I, I was just moving in, into this house. This is my <laughs> best analogy I can think of. Is I had to move a piano last night with uh, with socks on the hardwood floor because the floors just got <laughs> refinished. And try to move a piano in your socks while your feet are sliding out from underneath you. Uh, that's that's kind of the way I imagine an offensive or defensive lineman in that game against Denver. Yeah, this is this is why you know we're the best pod out there is that we have direct analogies to what the Chiefs <laughs> just went through. Uh, yeah, that actually sounds impossible, Stags. I don't even know how you got that done. Um, uh, I don't. Good for you. I, it sounds like you got it done. So it was it was dicey, but it's in there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Uh, let's yeah. see what what else from this game. I thought some positives were some role players on offense. Um, and true to form, whenever I write an article for arrowheadpride.com and I mention somebody's stock going down for the week, almost inevitably that guy has a good game immediately after that. This week I, I put Jarek McKinnon as stock down because I didn't see the role for him. I felt like the Chiefs were getting a lot from Derek Gore and from Daryl Williams. So I didn't see McKinnon this being the week that McKinnon finally got a role. He had plenty of opportunities earlier in the season before going on IR, um, and and they just never really got him involved, never really got him going. All of a sudden in this game, of course, right when I predicted it wouldn't happen, McKinnon has one of the top touchdowns of the year for a running back uh, on the Chiefs, a a move where he had had a spin move, he had a, a couple of jukes, and then he ran a guy over to get to the end zone. Uh, that touchdown had everything. And then from there forward, it really felt like the team just kept feeding him and let him be the guy uh, that run, ran the clock out uh, late in the game. Yeah, I really like what I saw from McCann. It was really good to see him. You know, I feel like we all, and, and we've talked about it, Stags, I feel like in the preseason, it, it looked like he was, you know, a pretty, he was going to have a role, right? It looked like he was a good enough player where he was going to be a, a, a player that just, you know, maybe a, a good a change of pace guy in the screen game or just and that's exactly what that play. Not a screen, but that play was a dump off to the flat where he had, like you said, he had to make a uh, you know, a bunch of guys miss in the open field. That's the kind of role I kind of envisioned him having. He's just, you know, other running backs have stepped up. He's been injured. But now all of a sudden we got four running backs, you know, with Clyde still, you know, hopefully coming back this week. We don't know for sure. I think they might have just been holding him out precautionary precautionary wise uh, for this game. Four running backs in the backfield that, in my opinion, you don't really moan or groan about any four of them getting a carry or getting a touch, right? You're, as long as the Chiefs are doing a good job of planning, you know, which guys get what touches, right? I don't, you know, I I, I would like to see maybe Clyde getting more of the, the receiving work, uh, you know, and Daryl maybe getting more of the downhill work. But yeah, I, I think all four of these guys give you kind of reason to maybe be, you know, a little excited about what, what this playoffs is going to be. Because I think if you have all four of them rotating, you're going to have a fresh back no matter what. You're not going to have guys with tired legs. And, you know, late in these playoff games, when when you kind of maybe need to close it out with a tight lead or something, that's going to be really important to have all those guys uh, being able to take a carry and, and, and work. Yeah, they can go with a hot hand. They can go series by series. They can go by game plan. And each one of these guys, uh, which what I really like about it is that, None of them are one-dimensional. 
at this point. You know, there's been times in Chiefs history, including with Darrell Williams in the past, where there was one guy who never caught the ball. And when he was in, you knew it was a handoff. And every single time, all of a sudden, Darrell's a, a, a top receiving threat on this team. And all four of those guys can catch. All four of those guys can run. They can all run inside or outside, even as small as McKinnon is. He showed that he can run people over if he has to. Same with Clyde. So they can be a little bit unpredictable. They can have that rotation going and have these guys be fairly interchangeable. And when the offensive line is playing to the ability that we know that they have, uh, you know, health notwithstanding, that these guys are going to be able to to just continue to grind games out if they have to. Uh, And that's a really valuable skill. I know Tony Romo on the broadcast the last couple of times he's covered the Chiefs has raved about the fact that all of a sudden the Chiefs can be a downhill running team when they want to be. And they've never had that dimension before or not any time recently uh, have had that dimension before. And now all of a sudden they can line up and run gap scheme and run people over if they have to run in obvious situations. And that's something that they had, you know, previous playoff teams, previous Super Bowl winning Chiefs teams couldn't really do. And when it got to short yardage, they always had to throw. They always had to throw in a trick play. All of a sudden, this team could be more well-rounded than others we've seen in the past. I mean, they may not be the best Chiefs team we've ever seen, but they might be the the best, most well-rounded. Yeah, especially on offense, right? Uh, You know, I I do think, you know, missing a a big-time second receiver, that could be something that comes back to bite them, but if these running backs are going to play as well as they are in the passing game lately, as we've seen, uh, you know, they've them, come, you know, all the running backs combined are, are a wide receiver too. all of a sudden. Um, and, and I, and I, one guy we haven't mentioned yet, and you, you mentioned downhill running stags. How about McCole Hardman? Uh, he highlighted the game with 103 receiving yards, but you know, the, the main, the main thing to me that I, I liked, and we talked about the run game is the Chiefs kind of showed a little wrinkle that we might see more of. And we actually did see it against Philly. Uh, you know, earlier this year where McCole Hardman takes this direct snap, lines up at quarterback, and then actually in Philly, it turned into a big pass play or, you know, attempted big pass play. It actually fell incomplete. But this game, McCole takes a snap, and he's running right up the gut. He's running a counter run. They run a gap scheme where, you know, it's a it's a counter left, and it has the right guard kicking out, and and he's and he's following up the gap, and he hit that really hard, Stags. I was really impressed. You know, I, that's one thing. You know, shout out C dot of six ten. He was he was actually talking on Twitter the other, you know a few weeks ago about you know we we seen Debo Samuel right with the 49ers, how he's used and and he just made he just asked this, the simple question you know why not the Chiefs use McCall Hardman like that I think one the easy answer is just that he he wouldn't play through contact like Debo does Debo is a running back in a you know, or a receiver in a running back's body um, and and he's a really good player overall. Hardman I just didn't think would be able to run up the middle like that but man the way he hit that hole. If that's something that becomes consistent where, you know, he they can trust him to if there's a lane, he's not going to hesitate. He's going to hit it that quick. That could be a huge wrinkle in this pass game, something that we could see more and more of in the playoffs. And I really do think it was just something where they wanted to see a live snap of it before the postseason started, because um, it's no there's no reason to run that play in this game. Right. And, you know, I, I think that's a play you do say for the playoffs. But I think it's something Andy just wanted to see a live rep of before we, we saw it in the postseason and. I would expect that to happen again. I really think that could be a wrinkle that Andy exploits, and it could turn up to it could turn into a huge play um, in the playoffs for sure. Yeah, this was a great McColl game. They were obviously very focused on getting him the ball, and I think in retrospect, it's, it's pretty obvious that Tyreek Hill was banged up, and, and McColl got a lot of 
what would have been Tyreek Hill plays. That run up the middle could have been a Tyreek Hill play. They've they've run him up the middle at times, um, you know, in this season, and we'd like to see more of that going forward. Whether it's Hill or Hardman, mixing that up, having that home run hitter uh, in the run game, you know, is something that an element that's maybe missing. And so, uh, however they use him as a role player, as a running back, as a receiver, you know, whatever McColl can do to help this team. I think gives you a boost, and I think this type of week is a confidence builder for him going into the playoffs, which is something that he probably really needed. Uh, for me, you know, maybe sounding a little negative here, the one big takeaway I had was he didn't fumble on any, on any of those plays. So he was able to have eight eight touches, uh, or, or sorry, nine touches, uh, and, and over 100 yards and no turnovers. Uh, I think that's a huge positive for McColl, and you said – a little bit ago that the Chiefs missing a, a secondary receiving threat might be, um, you know, in some ways their Achilles heel, I'm paraphrasing here. But uh, if you're starting to get, you know, McColl in this role where he can be a little bit interchangeable with Tyreek Hill and do a little bit of those things that Tyreek can does, not everything, but a little bit of what Tyreek does, um, then you've got another threat there. And Byron Pringle really continues – to plug along in that wide receiver two role where he's catch, making some tough catches and and uh, he's becoming a reliable target. So while you don't have one wide receiver two, you've got a bunch of pieces of wide receiver twos in, in these role players that can help round things out and, and let, let the team spread the ball around a little bit in the playoffs, which, which I think bodes pretty well for him. So if I had to have a takeaway from this game is that some of these role players – are, are really settling into their roles and, and showing something on a week-to-week basis. And, and like you said, hopefully some of that can come back in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm with you. They, they are hitting a stride, right? I mean, they are, you know, McColl having a game right before the playoffs like this. This is literally his best game of his career. Um, you know, 100 yards first time for, for his career. So I, I think you're right. It's just, man, we still have – I mean, it, it's been all season, right? We've seen inconsistencies. You know, the first Denver game, you know, comes to mind where Byron has two drops and and none of the other receivers can get anything going, and that's why the offense stalled. But then, you know, the Baltimore game also comes to mind from week two when, you know, obviously they held downhill, but then all of a sudden everyone else is having a great game, right? Byron and D-Rob both have, you know, big touchdowns. I mean, it's just so up and down, I feel like, with this reserve receiver core. It's, and and maybe, you know, and, and tr- hey, Sammy Watkins was also up and down. Right. So, you know, maybe it's it's just a matter of these guys hitting hitting the stride at the right time, like Sammy Watkins did, you know, in his in his, uh, you know, playoff runs. And and this is a gr- good sign for sure for McColl to be, you know, playing at his best in the playoffs. And and that's the thing. Andy's going to have his best plays designed, you know, for McColl to take advantage of him in the postseason. It, it will be exciting to see how what he does. Uh, and his third chance to to do his biggest shot, I guess, to make a, a postseason impact in his career, McColl. He'll be a sleeper for sure. Uh, what about snap counts this week? Did you notice anything really notable and who saw the field, who didn't see the field against Denver? Yeah, you know, um, it, it did seem like, you know, it, well, the stats backed up the fact that Tyreek, you know, was banged up. Uh, you know, he only played 14 snaps all game. You know, I don't really get why they kept continuing to play him. Um you know, I, I, I would think they would just trust, you know, the guys to get it done once Tyreek was showing that he was pretty, you know, he was limping severely. And I know this heel thing is something that has been a recurring thing in his career, but I'm not a huge fan, I guess, of, of having him continue to play on it right before the playoffs. Anyway, 
Uh, Melvin Ingram also, uh, he led the team. Well, him and Frank Clark were tied, but led the team in defensive snaps outside of the corner, you know, the 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 starting secondary, which I thought was pretty cool, man. I, I think Melvin Ingram, you know, we all kind of maybe thought at first, you know, best scenario, he's a rotational guy, a role player that, that kind of just makes plays here and there, which I think that's true in the sense that he makes plays here or there, but he's not a role player, man. He's a full-on starter, you know, one of the, the, the guys that plays the most on the entire defense now. And, and that's really cool to see him kind of turn into, you know, possibly the defensive MVP this year. I think we have a question on that later, so we'll, we'll kind of sort it out. But just the fact that ever since the Chiefs got him on the team, man, he's 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 gone. He's turned this thing around pretty much. I mean, you can coincide it with him. And and now he's just a full on starter. It's just, you know, a guy that has all pro talent like it, it is just crazy that we got him for a sixth round pick. I'm still kind of shocked about that. Yeah, that, that worked out well for, for the Chiefs. I don't know if the Steelers are going to be feeling the same way next week. Um, hopefully Ingram makes them really regret that trade, uh, <laughs> letting him letting him dictate his future. I know they, the Steelers indicated that he asked for a trade and didn't want to be there anymore. Uh, so, you know, you, you can't blame them for trading him, but, uh, uh, but hopefully he makes them really regret it next week. Other takeaways, I noticed the, the running backs, uh, we talked about a, a rotation and and it's really pretty close to, to equal between Gore, McKinnon, and, and Williams. Uh, Williams led the, the backs in snaps, but it was only a handful ahead of Gore, who was only a handful ahead of, or one ahead of McKinnon. So uh, healthy rotation and running backs. Hopefully we'll continue to see that going forward. Um, on the defensive side or back to the defensive side, you saw um, Dan Sorensen had about 35% of snaps this week. So that would have been down from the Bengals game, but maybe a little bit up from his post-benching uh, number uh, target. Uh, and he was targeted. He, he did have a couple of pl- big plays given up uh, deep in the secondary. So Sorensen continues to be an enigma uh, in, in the way he's being used. Yeah, right. I, I don't understand Spags continuing to put him as a, as a deep safety anytime, but especially especially against a talented receiving core, man. I mean, I know Denver started Drew Locke, who, you know, had had some good throws. I, you know, got got to shout out Drew Locke, the the local kid. Um, I think he had a one of his better games, I would say. Um, so good for him going into a, a crucial offseason for him. But yeah, I don't when when you have talented receivers, you know, and your corners need a little help, you know, if, if they're gonna have any help, give them someone that can actually, you know, help. Right. Um, yeah, Sorensen needs to be playing strictly around the line of scrimmage. We've talked about it, Stags. You've talked about it. He needs to be just a blitzer or a run defender any deep coverages it's just a bad call and i just if that continues to happen in the playoffs it, it really is we we saw it against you know against these playoff teams earlier in the year the bills game comes to mind where Sorensen gets completely beat on two separate touchdown plays that were really you know huge plays in that game yeah i spags cannot trust Sorensen against elite offenses i know this wasn't an elite offense here but it just kind of shows you that he continues to do it you know he continues to put him back there and it, I, there's no reason why it's going to stop now. So just be ready for that Chiefs kingdom. He, he's going to be playing some deep safety in the playoffs. Well, with that, let's let's move on to the playoffs. Let's talk a little bit about the Chiefs matchup, uh, how this this weekend went as far as playoff seeding. Uh, there's a lot of different paths that could happen between now and the Super Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs. But at least we already know that they'll be playing the Steelers. And it sounds like a late Sunday game. Um, next week. So uh, we know the opponent, uh, we know the matchup. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about 
you know, are, are we happy about that? So SoCal 1186 asks the Steelers rather than the Chargers or Raiders. We're happy about that, right? Um, what do you think, Ron? Yes, 100%, guys. We should be. I mean, I'm sure everyone was rejoicing once. Once, first of all, the Colts lost. Uh, Colts losing to the Jaguars, man, that is insane. Um, the Colts collapsing this late in the in the season. Um, not surprising when you have Carson Wentz as your quarterback. That's why, you know, Jonathan Taylor. All the MVP talk was always silly because you know you can only carry your team so much as a running back, and when your quarterback's Carson Wentz, you're just not going to win a lot of games. So uh, them blowing it, and then the Chargers blowing it last night you know in that in that game that you know the Raiders ended up winning the Raiders just played like the better team last night so all that to say man Colts and Chargers were two teams that I don't think anyone was was going to be excited to see right I think the Colts I, I was ready to see them I like I said with the quarterback situation it's just I you know you can't be scared of Carson Wentz coming into Arrowhead in the playoffs but just the fact that neither of those teams two of the teams you don't want to see in the playoffs as people love to say uh now just completely out and so I, I think that just in itself is a huge win for any of the AFC teams, but especially the Chiefs. I think the Chargers were a team that they could have, I mean, j- j- they could have won, they could have beat the Chiefs. They should have beat the Chiefs uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And so that's why their collapse is insane. But now you have the Raiders in the playoffs who, you know, hey, if we have, if, if you have to have to match up with the Raiders, I think everyone feels good about that. All that to say, coming back to the Steelers, yes, the Steelers are the worst team remaining in the playoffs. Big Ben's, you know, retirement run. Yeah, it, it's been a kind of a cool, not cool. I don't like Big Ben at all, so I shouldn't say cool story, but they've been trying to make it a cool story. It's going to come to an end, man. I'm there's I I'll call it right now. I'm calling my shot. Um, You know, we're, we're going to we're going to win. I, we're going to beat the Steelers. They're not going to let the Steelers come to Arrowhead. It's going to be revenge for 2016 coming in here with the, not scoring a touchdown and still beating us. Yeah, this was a perfect scenario for the Chiefs and. You know, if they're 36 to 10 shellacking of them only a month ago tells you anything. Yeah, this game should be in the Chiefs favor, I would say. Well, Ron went ahead and answered the question from BB at JRLVR88 on Twitter. We're going to win, right? Uh, Yeah, I I tend to agree. I think this is a pretty good matchup for Kansas City. I'm always a little nervous facing teams that the Chiefs have just beaten recently because it is difficult to beat the same team multiple times in the same year. Um, But you're right. I wouldn't have wanted to face the Chargers. I wouldn't care about facing the Raiders. Uh, but but the Raiders are a team that somehow willed themselves into the playoffs after losing their coach and, and going through all the stuff that they went through this year. Um, you got to give them some credit for that. Um, they might be sort of a, a nice little Cinderella story uh, that hopefully has a pretty pretty short run through the playoffs. So another really interesting question from Matrick Pahomes two at not a chiefs fan on twitter do you most want to see who do you most want to see the chiefs beat in the afc playoffs uh, and so, as a side note last time the chiefs were the number two seed it worked out pretty well if you remember that was the super bowl championship year in 2019 uh, also that was a year where the number two seed got you a bye so maybe that's a little a little different than this year's number two seed but either way is there one team where you just like I, that's the team I want to see the Chiefs just put down in the playoffs? Yeah, hundred percent. It's the Buffalo Bills. Um, they're they're a team that really got ahead of, or you know, not ahead of themselves. I guess they are a contender, but they, they were they got really excited this offseason. They were a popular pick to win the AFC before the season started. Everyone kind of thought it was it was you know the Bills might be a, you know rain you know about to take the reins over for the Chiefs. 
but here's the thing i you know it, they finished the season strong and and they are looking very good and they're a team that you know the chiefs are going to play in the second round if they win if both teams win they, they there's no other option so it's going to happen in the divisional round if it's going to happen and yeah i the chiefs let them come into arrowhead and beat their butts earlier this year just absolutely it wasn't even a game um in the fourth quarter that's that's going to not sit well with the chiefs and and i i would just love to see that revenge i'd love to see i'd also just you know, nothing against the Bills fans. I actually, you know, Bills Mafia is, you know, it's kind of like Arrowhead of the East a little bit. So shout out them. But it would be kind of nice to see them get a little, you know, humbled in terms of, hey, it's still our conference. It's still our, our you know, we're still in our Super Bowl window. And you guys got to wait your turn a little bit. I, it, it'd just be in terms of like who you'd want to see, who you'd want to see the Chiefs win. That's got to be my pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, the easy answer would be the Raiders, right? Just because we all hate the Raiders and always have. Um, I, I think, it, but it probably the even more obvious answer. I'm going to say the Steelers because that's who they're playing the first round. And you know, I don't like the Steelers. Never have. Uh, you know, with or in the Ben Roethlisberger era, at least. Um, and so, that's another team that that you'd like to see the Chiefs just put away in that story, like you said before. Uh, but obviously, it's the team that's in front of them. So I want to see them beat whoever they play. Uh, they're playing the Steelers this week, so that, that's that's the team to beat. Uh, worry about everybody else later on. The Titans would be a nice revenge story as well. That always seems to be kind of a boogeyman for this team. So um, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll go with the Steelers in just the most obvious Captain Obvious answer ever. But the uh, we'll, we'll put the Titans second on that list. Yeah, the, the the Titans would be a good one too. The funny part about the playoffs is that. It was pretty much a revenge game for the Chiefs against anybody they play because they could not beat any good teams in the AFC this season. Um, yeah. Yeah, literally every one of them. I mean, the Titans, the Bengals, the Bills. I mean, any one of the good opponents at least. Uh, yeah, so I, I that is funny how, how that's going to work out. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, but it's also if there was a bad omen, if there was something that made me worry about the playoffs, that would be it, is that the Chiefs have not done well in big games against big opponents this year. And, and that is unusual, uh, and it is obviously uh, not what you want to do in the playoffs. So hopefully they just were getting that out of the way and, and saving their best for the playoffs. Uh, but uh, that, that certainly is something that if there's anything that would make me worry, that would be it. Now, we got a question from DadBodT at DadBodT on Twitter. Are the Titans the least scary number one seed ever? Um, and, and so you did some research on this, uh, when it comes to number one seeds, uh, are they l- the least scary number one seed you can think of? Yeah. I only went back 16 years. It looks like, um, in the AFC one seeds. And the thing with the AFC is it's kind of, it's kind of skewed because it's either Brady or Manning for most of that era. So it's, you know, none of those teams are going to be considered worse than this Titans team just because of the quarterback. Um, but you look at some of the outliers. So like the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, I think you're definitely more worried about playing that team than this Titans team as it currently, as it currently goes. Um, you know, the Broncos with that, with that, you know, Peyton Manning, as he retired that year, that defense was so good. I I would still, and just Peyton being Peyton, you'd probably still rather play this, this Titans team. It actually, you go all the way back uh, to the 2008 Titans, who, if you remember Kerry Collins and Chris Johnson and, and, and that team, you know, um, they were the one seed in 08 and they actually lost their first game. So yeah, no, I, I do the, I do think this is unprecedented how, you know, this, this one seed, it, it's not the most impressive team. All that to say though, man, 
it is still impressive how they got here, and we still have to give them credit. You know, Mike Rabel's probably coach of the year. I, I think it's it's probably a shoe in at this point. They had the NFL record this year for most players that like dressed in a Titans uniform and played. It was like in the 90s. It actually might have been like 88. Um, it had the possibility to be in the 90s with this last week. But that just kind of shows you with all the injuries they've had, the COVID stuff they've had, they still were able to. And how many big games did they win? They beat us. They beat the Rams in L.A. They've beaten, you know, off the top of my head, I can't remember what else, but they've beaten big te- Oh, yeah, they beat the Bills on Monday night. And then they kind of lost some some stinkers. They lost to the Texans at one point. They lost to the Jets. It, it is kind of a weird team, right? But if they are getting Derrick Henry back, which it does sound like they might be, Stags are – are we? I mean, we're talking about this team in their current form, but when they get Derrick Henry back, it's a whole different team, and then there's reason to worry maybe a little more. Yeah, I, th- I do think they deserve some credit, not only for all of the injuries and COVID concerns they had all year – but specifically to to take the number one seed without their best player in Derrick Henry, you know, is is notable and and it's impressive. And and so uh, give them credit for that. The, you know, they they got the number one seed. They earned it and and they went through a tough season to get to it. And and they beat the Chiefs pretty handily as part of that, that part of that process. So I will say that this is a team that I'm not super excited about the Chiefs playing. They are. They would be somebody I'd be concerned about when you get ten, when you get Tannehill and Derrick Henry together. You focus on taking away Derrick Henry because he's the bigger threat. Uh, but then Tannehill always finds a way to make make a handful of plays that makes you pay for that. So that combination, you know, is tricky because you can take away uh, you can take away Henry, which is what you probably are going to pl- game plan to do, uh, and, and then. You got to watch out. They've got a couple of receivers that can beat you, and they've got a quarterback that has a knack for making uncanny throws. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think they're a pretty good team. Um, looking back historically, you know, I, I do think the the 2006 Chargers weren't weren't super impressive. I think there was a, a couple of other teams on your list that that I wouldn't have been too worried about. Um, you know the the Patriots team that lost to the Jets, uh, you know, you've got, you've got a couple of teams in there that, uh, uh, you know, that, that weren't awesome, but you know, this, this Titans team, you know, has accomplished a lot and, and we'll see how it plays out uh, in the postseason. You brought up this point earlier. And when we were preparing for the show is that Derrick Henry might be one of those players that needs uh, volume uh, before he's at his best. And coming in cold, his first game being in the playoffs, uh, you wonder if he'll be the Derrick Henry that that we've come to know and and fear. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out for the Titans. Uh, it's no, it's not a guarantee he's going to step in and rack up 200 yards a game in the playoffs. Um, there, it very well could go a different way. Yeah, you know, you know, it's funny. Real quick, you know, it's funny. You'd almost, if you're the Titans, maybe you'd almost want the wild card round to get him going maybe before you know it's kind of funny um you it, it almost could be could have been an advantage for them to get the wild card round so henry can just get another game to uh to get going uh, i just thought about that so it's interesting man it's interesting we'll tell you what let's go through some playoff scenarios and the paths for the chiefs to get to the super bowl right after we hear from our sponsors so we'll take a quick break please stick with us come back we'll talk more playoffs we'll get to more of your questions on the Out of Structure podcast. Stay with us. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. 
but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, welcome back to the Out of Structure Podcast. We're talking Chiefs playoff football and all the different scenarios that they could see on their path to another Super Bowl. I know everybody's been trying to do the math and, and follow the algorithm here and figure out which teams might the Chiefs play, given the fact that the playoffs reseed, you know, after each round. And so you may have uh, you may have your home game um, based on who won this week, right? So and I'd say they reseed. They technically aren't reseeding, but you're yeah, you're sort of realigning the scenarios based on who wins and loses. Uh, by that, I mean if the Titans lose their first game, uh, then obviously from there forward, the Chiefs are the home field uh, team as the highest remaining seed in the playoffs. So you've got a lot of other scenarios that could play out. We know they're playing the Steelers first. Presuming they get past the Steelers, which is not a given, uh, but we're hopeful. Uh, what are the options for the Chiefs after that? And, and let's talk about which ones are most favorable. Yeah, so the the most uh, the thing that's probably going to happen, or or the most likely, I should say, is is that the Bills, the three seed, uh, will would would beat their first game, would win their first game against the Patriots, the six seed, and that would automatically put the Chiefs and Bills playing each other in the divisional round. Yeah, when you say reseeding, it's basically just that the two seed plays the highest seed remaining, and the one seed plays the lowest seed remaining. So obviously, if the Patriots were to pull that upset over the Bills in that first round then they'd be the, the lowest seed remaining, automatically go to the one seed, and then we, the Chiefs would play the winner of the Bengals and Raiders, which is going to be a fun fun little playoff game. I, th- I think it's going to be, you know, two teams that are that are inexperienced in the playoffs, kind of, you know, uh, two head coaches at the same time too. So to summarize, you're saying the Chiefs will play either the Bills or the winner of Bengals-Raiders. There's no yep. way that the Chiefs would play the Patriots in the first round. Exactly, because if 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 the only way the the only way the Patriots wouldn't play the Titans as the one seed is if the the Steelers beat the Chiefs, and so yeah, so the Chiefs would be eliminated if 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 that was the case, and so yeah, so Bills most likely, but you know it is a chance Bengals or Raiders, but then we move on, you know if if well, we are hold looking. on before we move on of those of those lineups or of those matchups, who do you like the best to play? It obviously the Raiders, right? I mean let's <laughs> let's all let's all be honest, uh, you know we all know if the Raiders had to come into Arrowhead for a playoff game, it, <laughs> I, I got to imagine that would be a slaughter, man. I I, I don't yeah. think Andy a- Andy would want that to be a you know he he'd make a statement that game. Um, he already owns the division, but you know in a playoff game too. On top of that, yeah, I I think that'd be a great matchup for the Chiefs. And who, but here's a here's a good question though. Here's a good question. Oh, go ahead. 
Bills or Bengals? I mean, that's that's a tough question, right? Who would you rather see at this point? Because the Bengals are hot, Stags. So you have a who? Who are you thinking on that? Yeah, I take the Bills. Um, you know, I think the Bengals are a like you just said, they're hot, they're young, they don't know any better. Um, they might be the type of offensive buzzsaw that that you know runs through the playoffs, uh, just because they're the you know they're the 2018 Chiefs, they're the uh, they're the 2014 Royals, right? They're they're just kind of hitting their stride. Uh, and they could go on a run. And and you don't want to run into that type of team in the playoffs if you can avoid it. The Bills, you pretty much know what they are. Uh, you know that they're they're an inconsistent team. Uh, they're talented, of course, but uh, they're not unbeatable. Um, so of those two, I'd probably prefer to play the Bills rather than the Bengals, although I do think the Chiefs, um, if, if you played that last game out, um, you know, 10 times, the Chiefs are going to win the majority of those games. Yeah. Uh, that game played out in a very specific way that allowed them to beat the Chiefs. So, uh, you know, revenge factor either way, tough game either way. But uh, uh, of those, yeah, give me the Raiders first. And then uh, of the other two remaining options, uh, I'll take the Bills. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you, to be honest. Uh, I, I would rather see the Bengals. I just think it there is something about playing a, a quarterback and a coach and their first opportunity in the postseason. Um, I know they're getting hot, but, you know, experience really does matter in the playoffs. That's why you don't see rookie quarterbacks, no matter how good they are, win Super Bowls. You don't see first-year coaches a lot of the time, you know, win Super Bowls. So, yeah, I, I, I'd rather play the Bills. I think they're – I think they this whole year was about this moment, right? I think they're similar kind of like the 2019 Chiefs where, yeah, it wasn't always pretty, but – we know what we needed to do. You know, we know that we just need to get past what we did last year. And, and that's their whole goal. It doesn't matter what happened in the regular season. I think the Bills could be could be a dangerous team in the playoffs. And that's why I'm not super excited that it's the 2-3 matchup and, and that we'll probably see them in the second round. We'll see how that plays out. But let's let's just presume that the, the Chiefs get past the Steelers and then they, they, they win in the divisional round uh, against either – the, the Bills or Bengals, we're not going to assume that the Raiders will be there. Uh, who are their options for the AFC Championship game, uh, the likely options? Uh, you've got a couple choices here. Yeah, yeah. The most likely, obviously, is the Titans win their first game. They're, they're hosting the AFC Championship no matter what, right? They're the one seed. Um, but they do get upset. So if, if the Bills were the, the Chiefs matchup in the second round, then the possibilities are that the Bengals or the Raiders would be the AFC Championship match, which imagine a Chiefs-Raiders AFC Championship. Now that's history. Now that's that'd be crazy. Um, and, and that actually, you know, at that point, the Raiders, you'd assume we'd be playing well, but can't expect that. Um, but yeah, the other the other options, uh, you know, obviously I said the Bengals, but that's the thing, man, the Patriots, you know, Bill Belichick, he's got the rookie quarterback. I mentioned how important experience is. You know, they could go on a run, man. They have If they upset the Bills in the first round, which you've already seen them beat the Bills earlier this season, and and that second game, too, was was pretty tight as well. If the Patriots can upset the Bills in that first round, then they would be playing either at the Bengals or at the Raiders. If they And, and those are two winnable games for the Patriots as well. Then they would be coming to Arrowhead for the AFC Championship. So the Patriots wouldn't be able to be played by the Chiefs until that last game, but that's that's a that's a path that absolutely could happen, right? I mean, the Pats could absolutely beat the Bills. And then between the Bengals and Raiders, I mean, I'd almost favor the Patriots in those games. I mean, I know Joe Burrow's yeah. a better quarterback, but in playoff experience, man, that, that's kind of a mismatch. I, I think the Patriots could be favored against the Bills, too. I'm not even sure that would be an upset. 
I think those teams are, are fairly evenly matched. I, I think, you know, they split the season series. They've got, uh, you know, you've got, you don't want to see Bill, Bill Belichick in the playoffs. You just don't. And, and that's probably the team, the one team out of all of these teams that I least want to see the Chiefs play, not because they have the best quarterback or the best offense or, or anything like that, but just because of Bill Belichick and the way that he can scheme up a game uh, and, and the way he, he wins in the postseason. Um, I think that's a very possible scenario and, and would not be my favorite scenario. I still think the Chiefs should beat the Patriots. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes versus uh, uh, versus whatever <laughs> whatever they got in Mac Jones uh, is going to be a, uh, a mismatch. Um, but their defense is for real and their coach is as good as they we've ever seen in this league. And, and I, I wouldn't bet against the Patriots. So uh, of those AFC championship game matchups, uh, the Titans being probably the most likely, uh, the Patriots next, and then uh, the the outliers would be a Bengals or a, or, or a Raiders uh, visiting Arrowhead. Um, at, the Chiefs might have a chance to play what would be their first road game in the playoffs in the Patrick Mahomes era. Is that right? Dude, it goes farther than that. They haven't played a road playoff game. Now, I tweeted this actually earlier this year. First of all, they haven't played a road playoff game since 2015, the 15th season, so 16 you know, January of 2016. Stags, this is going to blow your mind. I promise you. The last time the Chiefs played a road playoff game, we did not know who Chris Jones or Tyreek Hill were. Just mind blown. So that's insane. Who was, who was that road <laughs> playoff game? Was that, uh, what game was that? 2015, it was the year we, you know, came back from one and five, went, you know, won the playoff game against Houston. Then we traveled to New England. And if you remember, you know, Alex mm-hmm. Smith, Tried to make the comeback. It was the slowest fourth quarter comeback drive of all time. For some reason, we're down two scores and we take the entire clock for the first drive instead of having any sense of urgency. Um, yeah, no, I, I, it's just crazy to me that it's been that long where we're literally, you know, guys like Chris Jones and Tyree Kill were not even on the team when the Chiefs were last on the road in the playoffs. But yeah, that was absolutely not- possible. That was the Nile Davis game, right? That was the uh, the, the <laughs> long kickoff return to start yeah, the, yeah. the and, and you knew that at that point they had gotten the, the monkey off their back and they were going to win a playoff game for the first time in years, uh, but they were outmatched when they got to New England. Yeah, so they, it has been a while. That's crazy. Another fun stat that somebody just pointed out on Twitter. I wish I, I could find the reference and give you credit, but uh, both Patrick Mahomes – and Derek Carr will be playing their first wild card round game uh, this <laughs> this weekend, which is which is crazy if you think about their different career paths here. Um, this is a this is a Raiders team that you know is is lucky to be where they are, and, and a Chiefs team that is is probably unlucky to be uh, you know, <laughs> playing on the first weekend of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, that's that's hilarious. Yeah, I know the Raiders, you know, they made the playoffs that one year. I think it was 16 when Carr, you know, people kind of said he might have been an MVP candidate that year, that year, and then he broke his ankle or leg. Um, so, yeah, this, is, this isn't this is the first time Carr's led them to the playoffs, but it is pretty crazy that, um, you know, he, he hasn't played in a playoff game until now, considering, you know, most quarterbacks, if you haven't played in a playoff game and you're in your eighth or whatever year, you know, you're probably, you know, with the same franchise, I mean – you know that's pretty crazy that the franchise stuck with him that long, but I think I think he's earned it at this point. He, I I think, you know, I we kind of always you know trashed Derek Carr a little bit, but he, he led them to a win that that on that Sunday night game, and mm-hmm. you know you got him give him credit. And honestly, in that Bengals Raiders game, I 
you know, him being the veteran quarterback between the two, you know, and, and he does play well in the fourth quarter at times, man. I, it's that, I don't think the Bengals have a shoe in at all in that game. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. All right, so all of all of these paths, I think you've got seven potential paths to the, the Super Bowl here for the Chiefs. What is your preferred matchup, your preferred three-game series for the Chiefs here? Oh, man. Give me Steelers first, obviously. Raiders in the divisional round. How fun would that be? And then Patriots in the AFC title game. Give me Mac Jones coming to Arrowhead. I, I know I, I totally respect the, you know, your take bags that, yeah, it's Bill Belichick in the playoffs. No, you know, you don't want to pick and choose to play him. But when you're talking about the alternative being playing at Tennessee, when maybe, you know, Derrick Henry's a game in, give me Mac Jones, you know, at home. You know, if, if Bill Belichick has a good game against Andy Reid, I, I trust that Spags will be able to limit what the Patriots offense can do. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I, I'd like that pass Steelers, Raiders, Patriots. Maybe just for mayhem, uh, the Steelers Bills Raiders path would be a pretty would be pretty fun. Uh, yes. there's no, I, I can't imagine a scenario where the Raiders are actually in the AFC title game, but, <laughs> but that is one, and that would be hilarious. Um, but but for real, I think the Steelers Raiders Titans would be my preference. Um, you know, I think that's that's a, a reasonable path uh, and probably a, a fairly likely one. I, I guess single. Probably, if you had to look at it, would you say the Steelers, Bills, Titans is the most likely scenario, just probability wise? Yeah, because I, I I do think the Bills will beat the Patriots in the first round. Um, I'll just predict it, uh, but I I don't want it to happen. I would way rather the Patriots win, but it's gonna be a good game. All right, well we've got a few more just random questions here that we'll, let's get to. Uh, first, let's talk a little bit about the Chiefs' defense. Uh, uh, Daryl Gunter. Uh, points out that the Chiefs seem to need to learn how to tackle and to look over their shoulder from a secondary and make plays on the ball maybe before the playoffs start. Uh, do, you, do you think that's that's an adjustment? Those two adjustments can be made? Yeah, you know, the cornerbacks have been pretty good all year about getting their head around and, and get, locating the ball. Um, it's really these last two weeks, and you can't even really say. I mean, Ward had his hands on a ball that Chase still grabbed. I mean, you know, sometimes you play really good receivers, and that's what happened. And, hey, they're going to be – playing good receivers in the playoffs too but no i'm not too, totally concerned about the cornerbacks play it's a volatile position as it is um i I'll, I'll trust them that they can step up based on how they played the entire year yeah I'll, I'll agree with that um black elf 19 at little boa 6624 on twitter should we have any confidence in this defense based on the last two weeks it feels like deja vu with missed tackles blown coverages no pass rush uh and uh, they say that they don't have like, any faith in Spagnolo to adjust if they encounter another Jamar Chase situation. So uh, any, how's your confidence level on the defense based on what you've seen? Yeah, I, 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 they have playmakers, and I think that's what matters. And I think we've just seen that they just were on the wrong side of, of playmakers making plays, especially against the Bengals. Um, yeah, I, I'm not – worry is not the word or, you know, uh, I, I'm not – I still have confidence that this defense will will be able to do enough with the offense, hopefully, you know, playing at their peak. Um, but you do hope that Spags doesn't do what he did last time if they run into a Jamar Chase situation. You got to help your cornerbacks a little more than he did. Not saying you have to have safety help on every single play. Not saying you can't ever trust them to go one on one. But if it's third and twenty seven again, Spags, let's just. Just have at least one safety with a little help. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, that, that was another funny tweet I saw that uh, somebody pointed out again. I, I wish I could give credit, but it's just off of memory. Uh, 
the good thing about the the Chiefs playing the Steelers is if there's a third and 27, there's no way Ben Roethlisberger can throw it 27 yards. <laughs> so, so that that scenario shouldn't repeat itself at least for one week. Yeah, no lies told. I I don't know if Big Ben Big Ben would have to get a, quite a crow hop in to get it 30 yards. I think. <laughs> Chad Balcom at Hawkeye Blog on Twitter asked, "Is Melvin Ingram the season MVP?" No, no, not that. I'm not going to go that far. Um, you can make an argument for defensive MVP, but uh, I, I would say Chris Jones still. I think Melvin Ingram might be second, though. I, I think he deserves second when you talk about, and we've talked about it earlier, but just how much different it is now having him as that third pass rusher, um, how much better the pass rush looked over that last stretch since he's been here. I think he has a good argument for defensive MVP, but I'd still give it to Chris Jones. Yeah, he, he's been a difference maker, that's for sure, and don't take anything away from him one way or the other. Um, but, uh, yeah, you, you have to appreciate that they went ahead and made that move and 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 how it's worked out. He's you know he's played his heart out, and, and he's been a big part of what they've done in this second-half turnaround. Uh, Patrick Snell at 56E478 on Twitter. What's the injury report look like? Uh, we're not going to be the official voice of the Chiefs here. We're not uh, – this is not a press conference. But, you know, as we look through the injury report, uh, Lucas Niang obviously is, is done for the season, uh, went on IR. I saw a couple of people say, well, he's out at least three weeks. No, he, this is a season ender. He's not coming back this season. And that really hurts their offensive line depth going into the playoffs, which we've, we've seen in recent years is a big deal. Um, that makes me wonder if it might be finally Kyle Longtime at some point in this playoffs. I think there could come a scenario where they need – Kyle Long to play his first football of the season in the playoffs, in the postseason, uh, without Lucas Niang. Uh, if Andrew Wiley were to somehow get injured or uh, there was some other scenario that popped up uh, and they need him, it'll be really interesting to see if Kyle Long is the guy that steps in. Yeah, I mean, this is what you got him for, right? I mean, if you're not going to play all year, at least you have a guy that, you know, I, I don't I don't know how many playoff games he's played in, but he's played, you know, important football in his career, uh, you know, and he's obviously at an all-pro level at times. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad they have him in this spot because you don't want what happened last year, right? You don't want to be, you know, uh, in the Super Bowl at least for for guys to be, you know, just, just thrown in there. And, and with T.J. Watt coming in, man, I know that's the thing. The Chiefs kind of got lucky last time they played the Steelers. T.J. Watt was pretty banged up. Those ribs were really bothering him. And Andrew Wiley was able to kind of handle him because of that. I mean, it does seem like Watts playing a little harder, a little better these last couple of weeks. Uh, just tied the Strahan sack record, crazy enough. So yeah, that that that's a point of concern at right tackle, and and I got to imagine at least they're considering Long playing uh, playing there. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to watch. Uh, I remember in the preseason thinking, yeah, the offensive line depth was a problem last year, but maybe this is overkill. Maybe they went too far. Uh, thinking that they had 12, 13 or more offensive linemen that could play. Uh, well, here it is playoff time, and, and they're needing every one of those. So um, I think they're being proven right here, and hopefully uh, the depth is enough to carry them through. Uh, other injuries to the running backs banged up. Daryl Williams had a little toe issue. Uh, Clyde you know, has been out and, and should be available. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Um, Again, I feel like they've got the depth at running back to handle it either way, and they should probably be conservative with with resting both of those guys. Um, two big playmakers uh, that we're always concerned about, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, both look banged up. Uh, Tyreek Hill has been dealing with this heel injury off and on for a while. 
I, I think those two are obviously the big, big concerns. You know, when those guys are on and playing well and, and healthy, uh, this offense could be unstoppable if they're missing time or if they're hobbled and, and getting those 20-yard performances that we've seen a couple times throughout this season. Uh, this offense could struggle. And so uh, keep an eye on those really closely and, and see how that plays out. Yeah, it wasn't good to see Kelsey kind of – he kind of was hobbled off the field a little bit at the end there. But, I mean, Andy, if you if you believe Andy, everything's okay, everything's fine. Um, you know, it's, it's probably – you know, I, I'd imagine Andy's just it's not gonna go on the injury report. It's more just Kelsey being bruised up and banged up. So, you know, Andy's just gonna say he's fine. He's not gonna go into detail about how how many bruises Kelsey has on his on his legs and his arms from getting hit all over the place, right? So it's been it's been a rough year for Kelsey. He really has, has. had just physically uh he's been challenged all season long. Uh to his credit, he he's battled through it and, and he's managed to avoid being too frustrated uh, and, and still been productive. Uh, or, Orlando Brown, sorry, uh, just moving on to Orlando Brown real quick, and then if you get anything else to add, you can. Uh, he did play week 18 after the, the pregame calf injury the week before, so it was nice to see that that was not an Achilles or not anything serious. Yes. Uh, there was just simply a calf strain. Uh, I thought he played okay, so uh, it shouldn't, should be all, all systems go on, on the big guy on the left at least for the playoffs. Yeah, that is important because I do think Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, that's one thing we didn't, we, we didn't really, have we even said his name this podcast? That's, uh, you know, that's kind of funny that way. But um, I do think he he played uh, with good pocket presence this game. He was moving around a lot, and I think everyone noticed that, right? He scrambled as much as he ever has this year. He, he was kind of making plays all over the field. But in general, his pocket presence has been very good lately. And, and, I, and like, he just has been, you know, just escaping through the front of the pocket rather than around the outside and letting edge defenders kind of chase him, that kind of thing. And so that's why I think it really is important Brown's back because I think him and Brown have, have built a good chemistry on how to kind of maneuver Brown's pass, you know, pass set, uh, you know, because Brown can give around, can, can give up that speed around the edge. And I think Mahomes is adjusting to it and stepping up in front of it. And so, yeah, it would have been a huge blow to Mahomes's maybe confidence and pocket presence if Brown was either just like severely hobbled or just wasn't able to play. I'm, I'm glad to see him. He's, he's good and ready to go. Yeah. He's a, he's a big part of uh, this offensive line turnaround. Um, and, you know, it's, he's one of those guys that it's going to be really hard to replace. I know Joe Tooney stepped in and, and did a decent job. Actually he did a really good job in, in limited action there. Uh, I don't want to see that become a thing. You don't want to be shuffling the whole offensive line. Uh, Joe Tooney is great in his role. Uh, Orlando Brown's been pretty darn good at left tackle. I, I think he's probably earned that new contract. We'll see how that plays out after the season. But in the meantime, uh, certainly want to see him at full strength in the playoff run. And it seems like he should be okay. Uh, let's let's worry a little bit more about the right tackle situation. Uh, assuming Wiley uh, is, is okay to go, then uh, they at least have a competent player there. Uh, but there could be some more shuffling on the offensive line through the playoffs. And that's something that, uh, you know, is a little scary for chiefs fans. Yeah, exactly. It, no, seriously, it really is. And, and all of a sudden we have all these, oh, they're all on the offensive side too. You notice we didn't talk about a defensive player on any of these injuries, um, which is a good thing for the defense, I guess, you know, uh, you know, Tyron, I think it's worth mentioning. You know, I think we we've seen some, some, maybe some lack of effort with Tyron. Um, it looks like it. I think that, that maybe there's some lack of effort. I think, 
we saw that little he banged his knee, you know, going, uh, you know, at the end of that Steelers game. I think it might still be lingering a little bit and, and it causing him to not be as explosive and not as quick and fast as he usually is. So I think that's another thing we, we might have to mention because he had three missed tackles uh, on Sunday or Saturday against the Broncos. And I know, you know, there's a lot more to tackling than, you know, being able to uh, get a head start, I guess. But with Matthew, with your size, if you don't have that same, you know, explosion or burst, it is a lot tougher, right, to just manhandle a guy because he's like 5'8". 180. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if he weighs that much. Uh, I probably given him, I'm probably not giving him enough credit. <laughs> probably not. But uh, yeah, the, the points, the points there and, and noted um, he, Matthew may be a little banged up, maybe a little tentative, uh, which has led to, to him uh, missing a few tackles or, or not getting involved in a couple spots where he could have. Um, again, you have to hope that that's something that's, that's temporary and that the playoffs, they'll be at full strength on defense and able to mix some things up. I mean, if we're looking at the playoffs, um, you know, maybe our, our last minute here playoff preview, uh, what are some things that you're excited to see about to see in the playoffs for the Chiefs? I'm hoping and excited to think about the idea that there's been some things held back throughout the season, that there might be some, some new wrinkles on offense or might be uh, some outer edges of the playbook that we haven't seen yet. Uh, that Andy Reid's going to pull out when he needs them. Um, I'm hoping to see that. Uh, I'm hoping to see, obviously, Patrick Mahomes uh, doing Patrick Mahomes things. Uh, and, and uh, you know, the defense – on defense, you know, I just really want to see the pass rush back. If the, the pass rush is getting home, everything else works on defense. Uh, and if the defense is, is getting after the quarterback and Patrick Mahomes is himself, uh, it's going to be a fun postseason. And it, what, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, no, I, I think I, I, I'm kind of with you on your last point with the pass rush. Um, but just in general, because I think my I think one of the pass rushers will be the answer to this point that I'm just excited to see a guy step up and, and become kind of like a legend, right? Or kind of like cement, you know, kind of become a great player rather than just a, a exciting player that, you know, makes plays in the regular season. There's always got, you know, Sammy Watkins comes to mind. I mean, dude, you know, it, it, he's a Super Bowl hero. He's a, he's one of the, you know, he just in general, not even chiefs wise. Like that's, that's one of the best super bowl, you know, he had a great, just, I guess I should say playoff runs. He's, you know, he's had one of the best playoff runs and, and, you know, in postseason history, you know, role players like that, I guess, just stepping up. I think it's going to be on the defensive side. Like I could see a guy like, you know, Legereus Sneed, you know, I know he already makes a ton of plays and he's made plays in the playoffs before, but I could see him really like, you know, with the national stage and everything really cementing himself as like, all right, this is actually one of the, the best playmaking corners in the entire league, you know, an all pro type of talent. Mm. I could like, I, you, I feel like those kind of things happen, you know, in, in the big stages. And I'm just excited to see which player kind of elevates from a exciting player to a, to a true, like great, you know, one of the best at their position in the league. Maybe could, could be Willie Gay jr. Also could yes, be that's a good one. You guys are, I think gay and his athleticism and speed has really been part of the defense of uh, resurgence. And, and so, you know, even if he's not the one that makes every play, I, I liked how he looked uh, getting after the quarterback last week. You know, he he can do just about anything, and so uh, he could be that uh, he could be that guy that steps up. Uh, you're right that it is always fun to see that unheralded player uh, that ends up being the Super Bowl hero and and uh, uh, you know takes that to the bank and and that's his legacy going forward. Uh, a lot to be excited about with, with Chiefs football. And any any last thoughts there, Ron? 
Yeah, I know we're, we're kind of downplaying this wild card game, and, and I do think the Chiefs will win. You know, this is the last time we'll talk to you guys before, you know, we talk about, you know, that game after it. Um, but, yeah, I think the Chiefs will beat the Steelers. But after that, man, that's when it's going to really start, you know, it's really going to start setting in for me that, you know, it's it's do or die, and, it you know, it's one game between, you know, all offseason having to hear that the Chiefs are, you know, a, a disappointment, blah, blah, blah. But, or, you know, the fact that the Chiefs could be, you know, we could be, you know, starting a dynasty again, you know, it, it's, it, it, it's starting to, you know, it's going to be setting in after this game. I think that like, it's, you know, there, there's a, there's a huge spectrum, you know, a lot of ex- or different extremes on what could happen, you know, depending on the results of this, this postseason, I guess, in terms of the reputation of the chiefs. Yeah. Anything short of a Super Bowl victory is going to be yeah. a disappointment on some level, but there's different levels of disappointment as well. And, and a, uh, <laughs> An opening round loss to the Steelers would be a, a pretty uh, a pretty hard one to swallow, um, and so they need to be focused there. They need to come out quick uh, and and get up to a big lead. Don't give these guys any hope uh, that, that they could make a comeback or that they can be in this game. Um, I think they they need to take care of business against the Pittsburgh Steelers and not overlook them um, in order to avoid that scenario where all off season we're lamenting this this brutal season that it was. And it's been a tough season for them. Uh, but in a lot of ways, you know, championship teams are built through trial and, and through struggle and, and uh, you know, role players stepping up and, and overcoming injuries and, and all of the things that go on in an NFL season. It just makes the movie and the book that much more exciting uh, to watch at the end when this is all over. So hopefully this is a good, strong chapter in that book. Uh, and we'll be back next week to talk about the Chiefs' victory in the first round and moving on to the divisional round to face whoever they face in the divisional round. Um, would like to see a strong performance from Kansas City. You'll see a lot of strong performances on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, so make sure you're tuning in to all of the shows, uh, the Great British Chiefs show, to to Ron and BK, the show and BK, uh, to the editor's show, all the way down the line. There's a ton of good content. Uh, make sure you're checking out arrowheadpride.com and the podcast. Please rate and review wherever you do that. And tune in next week for another playoff edition and hopefully another victory edition of the Out of Structure Podcast. Thanks for spending time with us. For Ron Cobb Jr., I'm Matt Sagner. We'll talk to you next week.